Chapter thirty seven of the Red Fairy Book. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Wendelin. The Red Fairy Book by Andrew Lang. Chapter thirty seven The Story of Sigurd. This is a very old story. The Danes who used to fight with the English in King Alfred's time knew this story. They have carved on the rocks pictures of some of the things that happen in the tale and those carvings may still be seen. Because it is so old and so beautiful, the story is told here again, but it has a sad ending. Indeed, it is all sad, and all about fighting and killing, as might be expected from the Danes. Once upon a time there was a king in the north who had won many wars, but now he was old. Yet he took a new wife, and then another prince, who wanted to have married her, came up against him with a great army. The old king went out and fought bravely, but at last his sword broke and he was wounded, and his men fled. But in the night, when the battle was over, his young wife came out and searched for him among the slain, and at last she found him, and asked whether he might be healed. But he said no. His luck was gone, his sword was broken, and he must die. And he told her that she would have a son, and that son would be a great warrior, and he would avenge him on the other king, his enemy. And he bade her keep the broken pieces of the sword to make a new sword for his son, and that blade should be called Graham. Then he died, and his wife called her maid to her, and said, Let us change clothes, and you shall be called by my name, and I by yours, lest the enemy finds us. So this was done, and they hid in a wood, but there some strangers met them, and carried them off in a ship to Denmark. And when they were brought before the king, he thought the maid looked like a queen, and the queen like a maid. So he asked the queen, How do you know in the dark of night whether the hours are wearing to the morning? And she said, I know, because when I was younger I used to have to rise and light the fires, and I still waken at the same time. A strange queen to light the fires, thought the king. Then he asked the queen, who was dressed like a maid, How do you know in the dark of night whether the hours are wearing near dawn? My father gave me a gold ring, said she, and always, ere the dawning, it grows cold on my finger. A rich house where the maids wore gold, said the king. Truly, you are no maid, but a king's daughter. And so he treated her royally, and as time went on she had a son called Sigurd, a beautiful boy and very strong. He had a tutor to be with him, and once the tutor bade him go to the king and ask for a horse. Choose a horse for yourself, said the king, and Sigurd went to the wood, and there he met an old man with a white beard and said, Come, help me in horse choosing. Then the old man said, Drive all the horses into the river, and choose the one that swims across. So Sigurd drove them, and only one swam across. Sigurd chose him. His name was Granny, and he came of Slepnir's breed, and was the best horse in the world, for Slepnir was the horse of Odin, the god of the north, and was as swift as the wind. But a day or two later his tutor said to Sigurd, There is a great treasure of gold hidden not far from here, and it would become you to win it. But Sigurd answered, I have heard stories of that treasure, and I know that the dragon Fafnir guards it, and he is so huge and wicked that no man dares go near him. He is no bigger than other dragons, said the tutor, and if you were as brave as your father, you would not fear him. I am no coward, said Sigurd. Why do you want me to fight with this dragon? Then his tutor, whose name was Regan, told him that all this great hoard of red gold had once belongs to his own father, and his father had three sons. The first was Fafner, the dragon. The second was Otter, who could put on the shape of an otter when he liked, and the next was himself, Regan and he was a great smith and maker of swords. Now there was at that time a dwarf called Anvari, who lived in a pool beneath a waterfall. 
and there he had hidden a great hoard of gold. And one day Otter had been fishing there and had killed a salmon and eaten it, and was sleeping like an otter on a stone. Then someone came by and threw a stone at the otter and killed it, flayed off the skin, and took it to the house of Otter's father. And he knew his son was dead, and to punish the person who had killed him, he said he must have the otter's skin filled with gold, and covered all over with red gold, or it should go worse for him. Then the person who had killed Otter went down and caught the dwarf who owned all the treasure and took it from him. Only one ring was left which the dwarf wore, and even that was taken from him. Then the poor dwarf was very angry, and he prayed that the gold might never bring any but bad luck to all men who might own it, forever. Then the otter skin was filled with gold and covered with gold, all but one hair, and that was covered with the poor dwarf's last ring. But it brought good luck to nobody. First Fafner the dragon killed his own father, and then he went and wallowed on the gold and would let his brother have none, and no man dared go near it. When Sigurd heard the story, he said to Regan, Make me a good sword that I may kill this dragon. So Regan made a sword, and Sigurd tried it with a blow on a lump of iron, and the sword broke. Another sword he made, and Sigurd broke that too. Then Sigurd went to his mother and asked for the broken pieces of his father's blade and gave them to Regan and he hammered and wrought them into a new sword, so sharp that fire seemed to burn along its edges. Sigurd tried this blade on the lump of iron, and it did not break, but split the iron in two. Then he threw a lock of wool into the river, and when it floated down against the sword it was cut into two pieces. So Sigurd said that sword would do. But before he went against the dragon, he led an army to fight the men who had killed his father, and he slew their king and took all their wealth and went home. When he had been at home a few days, he rode out with Regan one morning, to the heath where the dragon used to lie. Then he saw the track which the dragon had made when he went to a cliff to drink, and the track was as if a great river had rolled along and left a deep valley. Then Sigurd went down into that deep place and dug many pits in it, and in one of the pits he lay hidden with his sword drawn. There he waited, and presently the earth began to shake with the weight of the dragon as he crawled to the water and a cloud of venom flew before him as he snorted and roared so it would have been death to stand before him. But Sigurd waited till half of him had crawled over the pit, and then he thrust the sword Graham right into his very heart. Then the dragon lashed with his tail till stones broke and trees crashed about him. Then he spoke as he died and said, Whoever thou art has slain me, this gold shall be thy ruin, and the ruin of all who own it. Sigurd said, I would touch none of it if by losing it I should never die. But all men die, and no brave man lets death frighten him from his desire. Die, thou Fafner. And then Fafner died. And after that Sigurd was called Fafner's Bane and Dragon Slayer. Then Sigurd rode back and met Regan, and Regan asked him to roast Fafner's heart and let him taste of it. So Sigurd put the heart of Fafner on a stake and roasted it. But it chanced that he touched it with his finger, and it burned him. Then he put his finger in his mouth, and so tasted the heart of Fafner. Then immediately he understood the languages of birds, and he heard the woodpeckers say, There is Sigurd roasting Fafner's heart for another, when he should taste of it himself and learn all wisdom. And the next bird said, There lies Regan, ready to betray Sigurd, who trusts him. The third bird said, Let him cut off Regan's head, and keep all the gold to himself. The fourth bird said, That let him do, then ride over Hinfeld to the place where Brunhild sleeps. When Sigurd heard all this, and how Regan was plotting to betray him, he cut off Regan's head with one blow of the sword Graham. Then all the birds broke out singing, We know a fair maid, a fair maiden sleeping, Sigurd be not afraid, Sigurd, when thou the maid, fortune is keeping. 
High over Hinfeld red fire is flaming, There doth the maiden dwell, She that should love thee well, Meet for thy taming. There must she sleep till thou comest for her waking, Rise up and ride for now, Sure she will swear the vow, Fearless of breaking. Then Sigurd remember how the story went, That somewhere, far away, There was a beautiful lady enchanted. She was under a spell, So that she must always sleep in a castle, Surrounded by flaming fire, and there she must sleep for ever till there came a knight who would ride through the fire and waken her. There he determined to go, but first he rode right down the horrible trail of Fafner, and Fafner had lived in a cave with iron doors, a cave dug deep down in the earth, and full of gold bracelets and crowns and rings, and there, too, Sigurd found the helm of dread, a golden helmet, and whoever wears it is invisible. All these he piled on the back of a good horse granny, and then he rode south to Hinfeld. Now it was night, and on the crest of the hill Sigurd saw a red fire blazing up into the sky, and within the flame a castle, and a banner on the topmost tower. Then he set the horse granny at the fire, and he leapt through it lightly, as if it had been through the heather. So Sigurd went within the castle door, and there he saw someone sleeping, clad all in armor. Then he took the helmet off the head of the sleeper, and behold, she was a most beautiful lady. And she wakened and said, Ah, it is Sigurd. Sigmund's son, who has broken the curse, and comes here to waken me at last. This curse came upon her when the thorn of the tree of sleep ran into her hand long ago as a punishment because she had displeased Odin the god. Long ago, too, she had vowed never to marry a man who knew fear, and dared not ride through the fence of flaming fire, for she was a warrior maid herself, and went armed into battle like a man. But now she and Sigurd loved each other and promised to be true to each other, and he gave her a ring, and it was the last ring taken from the dwarf Andvari. Then Sigurd rode away, and he came to the house of a king who had a fair daughter. Her name was Gudrun, and her mother was a witch. Now Gudrun fell in love with Sigurd, but he always was talking of Brynhild, and how beautiful she was, and how dear. So one day Gudrun's witch mother put poppy and forgetful drugs in a magical cup, and bade Sigurd drink to her health, and he drank, and instantly he forgot poor Brynhild and he loved Gudrun, and they were married with great rejoicings. Now the witch, the mother of Gudrun, wanted her son Gunnar to marry Brynhild, and she bade him ride out with Sigurd and go and woo her. So forth they rode to her father's house, for Brynhild had quite gone out of Sigurd's mind by reason of the witch's wine, but she remembered him and loved him still. When Brynhild's father told Gunnar that she would marry none but him who could ride the flame in front of her enchanted tower, and thither they rode, and Gunnar set his horse at the flame, but he would not face it. Then Gunnar tried Sigurd's horse, Granny, but he would not move with Gunnar on his back. Then Gunnar remembered the witchcraft that his mother had taught him, and by his magic he made Sigurd look exactly like himself, and he looked exactly like Gunnar. Then Sigurd, in the shape of Gunnar, and in his mail, mounted on Granny, and Granny left the fence of fire, and Sigurd went in and found Brynhild, but he did not remember her yet, because of the forgetful medicine in the cup of the witch's wine. Now Brynhild had no help but to promise she would be his wife, the wife of Gunnar, as she supposed, for Sigurd wore Gunnar's shape, and she had sworn to wed whoever should ride the flames, and he gave her a ring, and she gave him back the ring that he had given her before in his own shape as Sigurd, and it was the last ring of that poor dwarf Andvari. Then he rode out again, and he and Gunnar changed shapes, and each was himself again, and they went home to the witch-queens, and Sigurd gave the dwarf's ring to his wife Gudrun. And Brynhild went to her father and said that a king had come called Gunnar, and he had ridden the fire, and she must marry him. 
Yet I thought, she said, that no man could have done this deed but Sigurd, Fafner's bane, who was my true love. But he has forgotten me, and my promise I must keep. So Gunnar and Brynhild were married, though it was not Gunnar, but Sigurd in Gunnar's shape that had ridden the fire. And when the wedding was over, and all the feast, then the magic of the witch's wine went out of Sigurd's brain, and he remembered all. He remembered how he had freed Brynhild from the spell, and how she was his own true love, and how he had forgotten and had married another woman, and won Brynhild to be the wife of another man. But he was brave, and he spoke not a word of it to the others to make them unhappy. Still, he could not keep away the curse which is to come on every one who had owned the treasure of the dwarf Anvari and his fatal golden ring. And the curse soon came upon them all. For one day, when Brynhild and Gundren were bathing, Brynhild waded farthest out into the river, and said she did that to show she was Gundren's superior. For her husband, she said, had ridden through the flame when no other man dared face it. Then Gundren was angry, and said that it was Sigurd, not Gunnar, who had ridden the flame, and had received from Brynhild that fatal ring, the ring of the dwarf Anvari. Then Brynhild saw the ring which Sigurd had given to Gudrun, and she knew it and knew all, and she turned as pale as a dead woman and went home. All that evening she never spoke. Next day she told Gunnar, her husband, that he was a coward and a liar, for he had never ridden the flame, but had sent Sigurd to do it for him, and pretended that he had done it himself. And she said he would never see her glad in his hall, never drinking wine, never playing chess, never embroidering with the golden thread, never speaking words of kindness. Then she rent all her needlework asunder and wept aloud, so that every one in the house heard her, for her heart was broken, and her pride was broken in the same hour. She had lost her true love of Sigurd, the slayer of Fafner, and she was married to a man who was a liar. Then Sigurd came and tried to comfort her, but she would not listen, and she said she wished the sword stood fast in his heart. Not long to wait, he said, till the bitter sword stands fast in my heart, and thou wilt not live long when I am dead. But dear Brunhild, live and be comforted, and love Gunnar thy husband, and I will give thee all the gold, the treasure of the dragon Fafner. Brunhild said, It is too late. Then Sigurd was so grieved, and his heart so swelled in his breast, that it burst the steel rings of his shirt of mail. Sigurd went out, and Brunhild determined to slay him. She mixed serpent's venom and wolf's flesh, and gave them in one dish to her husband's younger brother, and when he had tasted of them he was mad, and he went into Sigurd's chamber while he slept, and pinned him to the bed with a sword. But Sigurd woke, caught the sword grim into his hand, and threw it at the man as he fled, and the sword cut him in twain. Thus died Sigurd, Fafner's bane, whom no ten men could have slain in fair fight. Then Gudrun wakened and saw him dead, and she moaned aloud, and Brunhild heard her and laughed. But the kind horse Granny lay down and died of very grief, and then Brunhild fell a-weeping till her heart broke. So they attired Sigurd in all his golden armor and built a great pile of wood on board his ship, and at night laid on it the dead Sigurd and the dead Brunhild and the good horse Granny, and set fire to it and launched the ship, and the wind bore it blazing out to sea, flaming into the dark. So there were Sigurd and Brunhild burned together, and the curse of the dwarf Anvari was fulfilled. End of chapter 37 The Story of Sigurd Recording by Wendelin February 1st, 2009 End of the Red Fairy Book by Andrew Lang